Good morning. This is Blaine Greenfield. I'm here today for a special podcast version of Blaine's Roll Show at Big Creek Recording Studio in Barnettsville, North Carolina. And I'm here with Bruce Blaine, who you'll meet in just a second. And Bruce started Big Creek Recording Studio some 14 years ago, and I think you'll be impressed with how far it's come along since. But for those folks who don't know it, Big Creek Recording Studio is this great studio in Barnettsville that you can come and tape any song, music, whatever you want, if you want to have your stuff live for posterity. And what I'd like to do today is walk you through the studio with Bruce's help, and I guess I'll move from the entrance here now to, I guess we call this the Hall of Fame. And you can see just some of the many CDs that Bruce has done over the years. And he's done a lot more than just CDs, as you'll see, but you can come and do a CD here if you want, and just some of the recording artists will point out some of them as we go along. And we'll go from this room, I love this Hall of Fame wall, to the next room. The next room is kind of where all the action takes place. And so the next room, Bruce, I'm gonna have you help me. What do you call this room? Uh, this is the B room. So it's accompanying the little overflow. If the main room is a little too crowded, so I've had uh, singers here, horn players here, percussionists, whatever. It's a little bit of separation, but it's you know not a not a gigantic cavernous space. What's most of our people you've had record here? Well, depending on how much room a person and their instrument takes up, we've had about eight or nine people at one time, you know, utilizing the drum room and the B room, along with the main room and the vocal booth. It's really kind of cool if you're ever thinking of recording your stuff, because I've been here, and you'll see there are several different rooms that Bruce records in. And this is part of the recording that takes place at Big Creek Recording Studio. As you'll see, you have, where's that? That's a keyboard there, or yes. the keyboard there. Yes. And you can get other instruments here as well. What happens is you can also have performers, and in the back room there, you'll see there's a drum room. Is that what you call it, the drum room? I call this the drum room. Just yesterday, I had a group of vocalists, and we had one of the vocalists in here, and you're able to close the door and have a visual, which is really nice. So we, I want to be able to isolate the sounds, but also, you know, for recording purposes, if you had to do any fixes and things like that, but, but also be able to have a visual and kind of as close as you can to playing in the same room. Sometimes we just leave it open. But, you know, if there's a drummer that maybe, maybe you didn't want as much drums into the final vocal take or something, so you can close that. And it worked really well. I think a lot of light, which was when my wife Colleen helped me design it, that was one of the main things. We wanted to have a lot of light coming in, because in my own experiences, I've been in some recording studios where it kind of felt a little you know, hard to be creative when you feel like you're in a dungeon kind of atmosphere, you know, no lights coming in and, and just walls around you. So it's kind of, if you're going to be creative, I think it helps quite a bit. And one of the fun things being here, and I was just here for a recording session with Bruce not too long ago, is that we had several different musicians. And it's incredible, they were all different spots, but Bruce edits it and puts it all together. We had a drummer here, we had a keyboard here, we had people performing in this room. 
and somehow Bruce put it all together. It was like, that was a lot of fun. And again, one of the things I think you'll see if you work with Bruce uh, Lang is, believe it or not, you'll actually have fun doing the recording. So if you're nervous, bad, or apprehensive, Bruce will help you get yeah, past that. exactly. It's, it's hard to be, to be really, you know, creative and sound good if you're too nervous, you want to relax. You've been doing this for a while, is yeah. that correct? Well, music all my life. But um, I would say, you know, since, since the recording studio, I started recording when I got here in 1991. Um, I was doing some up in New York City. A friend of mine had a beautiful studio in Times Square in Manhattan, and he let us have free reign when he didn't have any axe book there. It was a huge studio, one of the best in the country, probably in the world. And um, I moved down here, and I kind of missed doing that and started playing around with the computer. And as I was discovering the digital recording methods, it started becoming the main way recordings were done. So it was really good, I, good time. Do you remember the very first TV or thing you ever recorded here? Yeah, the first thing I did, it was actually next door. I was doing it in the house from 1992, probably. Well, we got the house in 92. And I was doing it over there. It's a small house, but nice big ceiling, so it did sound good in there. And um, I did some stuff and let some of my bandmates hear it. And they said, wow, that sounds great. You know, they really were impressed. So I decided to invest a little bit of money and got some good equipment, some microphones, and went into Pro Tools, studied. And um, then I... I kind of evolved from there, and I did a solo thing, got some friends to come over and play, and then I did a, a Christmas CD. I remember I really wanted to do that, of swing versions of Christmas songs, and incorporate a lot of different musicians I knew. And that was a lot of fun. Called Swing in the Season. You and I were talking off the air a little bit, that fortunately, unfortunately, it's changing a little bit because CDs aren't what they used to be. Is that right? Not many. I see people know a lot of people thing on my stand at my regular Grove Party with my CDs that I sell, and people, oh man, I love these songs, but I don't have a CD player. <laughs> my car used to have one; it doesn't anymore. So, but um, yeah, it's streaming seems to be much more of a prevalent way for people to get music nowadays, which is kind of a shock. I, I like CDs. I mean, I like LPs too. I still have my vinyl. Can people come here and then you do the streaming setup for them or you get them into Oh, sure. So they don't have to make a CD. No, I can create files that they could, I have people do that quite a bit where they just, they don't even want a CD. Maybe they'll take a CD to listen to at home to, to make any changes, but um, the final thing might be you know, a file that they can stream. I was surprised you were telling me also that some people actually still use cassettes. You know, I've heard they're making a bit of a comeback, which is hard to imagine, but they sure were handy at the time because um, you could take it with you, which was great. Like you'd go over to somebody's house at two in the morning and have a jam session, and uh, you just hit the little Panasonic recorder and record. And I still keep a lot of mine. I transfer a lot digitally because tapes do degrade and eventually won't play anymore. What was first, the eight tracks or the uh, cassettes? Um, I think cassettes might have been the first portable tape thing. I think it was the first one. Eight tracks then was developed for the cars, I think. Maybe. Right. So I still think I have my eight track collection, but there's not much. Yeah, right. So this again is one of the rooms you can record in, and it's just kind of 
Yeah, I call this the main room. You know, it has a good visual from the control room there, which we'll visit. And, um, you know, headphones, headphone mixes for everyone so we can hear each other, which is very important. And, um, you know, we have this, you said the drum room, the main room, and then over here is, um, I call it the vocal booth, which is just like adjacent to the main room where someone can see everybody in the other room still and uh, you know I had a violin player here on just last week so and one of the things you also offer so I guess we don't advertise as such but one of the great things working with Bruce Lang is you can also provide some backup mu music as well because they know you play how many different instruments um well my main instruments are, are bass guitar mandolin but um in the studio I could sit here on the keyboard and kind of <laughs> fumble my way through but you know recording and I take my time slow things down and do it piece by piece if I need to uh, and I also know so many great musicians I've gotten to being a gigging musician in Asheville for, for 30 years 30 plus years now I know a lot of musicians good friends so if someone needs something specific I usually can make a phone call and, and get them over here to uh, you know hire them out and come play and another advantage to work with you you can also hire you out as a guitar player because you play guitar with several of them. Yeah, and if I contribute either singing or playing one of the instruments, that's included in my hourly rate. We're back again on this tour of Big Creek Recording Studio. I have to ask you, Bruce, I don't know if I ever have, how did you come up with the name of Big Creek? Well, the river, we're, we're located about 300 yards from, from the Dillingham Creek, which is a beautiful river that flows down from the, the Blue Ridge Mountains. Right below us, it merges with Poverty Branch Creek and Paint Fork Creek and becomes the Ivy River, which flows into French Broad over in Marshall. So it's a major river. And uh, the, when we first moved here, the locals uh, would call it the Big Creek. So we kind of like that that name, Big Creek. And also my, my first initial is B and my wife Colleen's C. So BC worked good for the logo. You ever get flooded? Not us, not in the house. The stream, the stream gets high. But uh, it, we're pretty lucky where it it goes on its way down. So we, we yeah, we're pretty lucky about that. We haven't had any any threats to our actual homes or the studio. Good enough. So we're in another room, Bruce. And what do you call this room? This is the control room. So this is where my my recording equipment is. It's all wired through the wall, so the microphones are out there. Cameras now. I've been doing more video projects, so I have cameras out there and have a method for for controlling all that in here, which is really handy because a lot of times I'm doing the video and and you need to be you know on the ball with adjusting volumes as need be. And the cameras I could run from the same place here without running out there to adjust things most of the time. Now what amazes me about you, it always has, is that all these skills, you kind of pick them up on your own? Uh, you're watching people. Like I said, I was up in New York and I got to hang out a lot with great engineers. And, and that was really, just such an education. These guys, you know, they, they would have, you know, Diana Ross in the next day or something, and here I was working with them at two in the morning using the open studio slots. And uh, nicest guys in the world. They always tended to be real patient and just, you know. And then when I moved here and I started learning Pro Tools, um, it was quite a learning curve at first. But the good thing was we didn't have a, a washing machine at the time. <laughs> and this was before the internet. This is like, uh, you know, the early 90s when the internet was just coming to be didn't have a cell phone 
So I would take my manuals for my recording equipment and go to the laundromat and just you know sit there for hours reading and uh, and absorbing you know trying to learn how to do everything. So that was actually kind of a good thing. Of course now you have YouTube, which I is like a great tool for for learning things. Okay, so which amazed me, you picked up all this stuff. Now I wanted to show two other things here. Very impressive. I'm watching on the screen here. What am I seeing here? Uh, this is just kind of my little slideshow of of things that um, projects I've had here. I know some of these people too. Do you? Yeah, Chelsea Gaddy. Yeah. And, uh, very cool. So these are different projects you've done over the years. I love it. And um, one other thing that's always put my attention on your website, we should mention that as well. By the way, folks want to get find out more about Big Creek Recording Studio, several ways. But one of the best ways is go to the website, Bruce. Yeah. Yes, uh, website. The website, and actually, to tell you the truth, more, more I use the um, YouTube channel quite a bit, okay. which is just my name, Bruce Lang, and um, I put all my video things up there, which really doing more and more. Especially, gosh, when COVID hit, I was getting kind of antsy, like other people were, not going out and working every night. Everything was shut down, so I would uh, just come over here in the evening and make make a video and put it up on Facebook or YouTube and share it with people and that was that was fun it helped me you know learn some more skills with the video production and this and that so if they go to your youtube channel they also have contact information there as well yes Get in touch with you yes yeah, just big greek music this always blows me away bruce when you see your listing on your website of just some of the bands and, and some of the organizations etc and so forth you've done some work for we won't go through all of them but just about highlight with some of the people you yeah well, this is a little negligent of uh, of keeping it updated but liz aiello terry allen robert anders paul babley mike barnes steve becker patrick bolin hank bones gary bradley kim brophy list goes on and on if you can see that the website and i have little the ones that are blue you can clip on them and hear a little sample of them um performing it's, it's funny, the website, I don't use it as much as I did for the uh, YouTube and just texting and getting information to people. People are pretty, you know, impatient nowadays. They don't want to wait for you to send them a demo or something. You know, they want to hear it right away. Interesting how things have changed. You should talk about YouTube. I still can't believe it. That doesn't cost people. And they want to market themselves. Right? Everything set up a YouTube channel and so forth. Yeah, to, unless you get the premium. Which you so you don't have to see all the ads, which is kind of nice. So we used to love, you had a lot of fun with. You'd also do a lot of stuff. Would you be cropping people and putting them in pictures? Oh yes, that's <laughs> fun photoshopping and yeah, which yeah. is. You were it's funny you were kind of ahead of the game then, but you would Photoshop anybody in, in pictures. It's a lot of fun. I put myself fishing in oh, a lot of in a lot of scenes. I just loved it, but that was then. This is now. So the idea being then was people come. And they want to do some taping and make an appointment with you. Is that how? Yes, yes. I have an hourly hourly rate I charge, and um, you know, I, most of most of my availability is during the day. Um, you know, afternoons up to about three o'clock for sessions it seems to work well for me because I I do work four nights steady over the Grove Park Inn, and uh, the other nights other things come up. So now let's talk a little bit about that because you're I think one of the busiest guys I know. Like I said, not only do the studio helping all sorts of other people. We also perform in the area, and I've worked with you a couple of different times. Talk a little bit about the fact that you mentioned you at the Grove Park Inn, or how many nights a week? I'm there four nights, three nights with a trio, playing upright bass, harmonica and singing, and then Sunday nights, I do solo guitar, harmonica and singing. Do you have a preference? 
No, I really like the, the balance, to tell you the truth, because it's, it's different. You know, I'll do a lot of the same songs. Um, you know, the, the, the repertoire does vary. Because the guys I play with are great jazz players, so we can do some jazz stuff to show them off. When you knock my socks off the night, I was in a review with Bruce, the, the Love Collective, Love Collective right. Right, review, and it was somebody's birthday. It was so much fun. It, it, tape didn't come out on my end. I'm sorry I didn't get to uh, save it, but we want to do a happy birthday to somebody, and you just started doing kind of a, a cool version. Oh, the Beatles' uh, yeah. birthday. But it was just, you hadn't practiced or rehearsed it, but yeah. I think it came out really well. You know, yeah, everybody was like, I heard this song, I think I know it, so we, you know, we got through it. Okay, and then it was fun because everybody was dancing and having just a great time, but that was really impressed me that you could just well, thank you. wing it on, on the spot. I like to get people reacting and, and you know, smiling and, um, and enjoying it, singing along, tapping their feet. One thing that also amazes me about you too is that most of the time I don't see you with music in front of you. Yeah, you just can't do most stuff without. Yeah, you know, it's I like I said, I really made my main. Everybody has their little thing that they do, and uh, you know their main niche, I guess. And I, I love connecting with people, doing requests for them, and I just find that so satisfying. And especially for the gigs I'm doing now, like at the Grove Park, where you have people traveling, and uh, a different crowd every night, more or less. What's cool about you, also, Bruce, is the fact that you play so many different kinds of music. In other words. Uh, I know you with some of the rock music you play, but you also, do you have a favorite kind of music you play? You know, I really don't have one favorite. I probably, the most influential on me was the Beatles, the 60s, because I, I, which kind of, they were influenced by so many different things, because I, I realized that my mom was a Broadway-style singer, and she, she's still around, she's 90, going to be 96 another month, and she, um, she was always singing and performing in, in choral groups in New York City where I grew up. So I got to hear a lot of the Rodgers and Hammerstein and um, you know Cole Porter, Gershwin tunes. And then when I started, got out of high school and I started getting into jazz, started playing the upright bass, I heard they would do, these are the same songs my mom was singing, but they're doing, you know, because they, well, they have great chords to them, great melodies, and they lend themselves beautifully for improvising. So, and then I heard the Beatles, well, before that in 64 when I first saw them on TV you know, they were doing Till There Was You in their first performance right so it's Broadway song and and you can hear it in their melodies and their chords how you know it's just very melodic it still it holds up to me I think to a lot of people too when you hear those songs how about in terms of writing and have you done any writing I did write when I had the country band up in New York we had a western swing band I um, went through one period where you know we had free free access to this beautiful recording studio God, but back then, it was when your final product was cassettes. <laughs> this is before CDs. This is like 1989 or so, 88, 89. Um, and we, I, I kind of just thought to myself, if I'm ever going to write songs, this is the time to do it because, you know, we have free recording uh, privileges. So, so I sat down and composed a few songs and, and worked on them. And it, uh, it, it, about a dozen songs that I feel good about doing. And then. Maybe in your next life you'll write your first musical. You have a point right up. Down the road, do you have any plans, anything you'd like to do they haven't done yet? I think I'm doing what I want to do, I'll tell you the truth, you know. But, but it's not cool that, you know, you can say about your life, to your credit, you've done most what you don't want to do most of your life. Yeah. I would say so. And then on top of that, to have this beautiful studio. I'll do two things to wrap up, Bruce. One, 
in terms of, again, people want to find out more about Bruce Lang or specifically Big Creek Recording Studios. Mm -hmm. There are two ways to do it. One, they can go to the website, if we'll do that again. Right, BigCreekRecording.com. Okay, and they'll get a lot of good information there. And the YouTube channel is what? It's just Bruce Lang. And it's, uh, it's pretty easy to find. There are some other Bruce Langs out there, but you'll see me in the studio and everything. And they'll find uh, a lot of your songs that you've recorded or that you've done for other people as well? Yes, I, I try to get people, if they're not, I, I want to make them comfortable. Sometimes they, I'll bring out a camera and they're like, oh, I don't want a video. <laughs> so, okay, you want to get a good recording. I understand that totally. Some people say, yeah, I want to put up four cameras for me, you know. So, And I have the green screen, which is really nice. So when we did that with stuff I did with you, we put you on a stage. And, uh, and talk a little bit, that as a final kind of thing, that I, I think that some people have to get used to because you said that you weren't just doing audio recording but with video it makes sense to also do both i guess it does and, and when i first started uh, doing it i was just doing it as a promo for the studio so i would say somebody who's doing their finished vocal i set up a camera so i could put it on my website and show them singing in here and you know how, how it goes and then i got more and more into it got some more cameras and started learning the editing and it, it's like the music thing like when i was learning pro tools it I realized I'm using the same programs that are, people are making professional records on. So it's, um, you know, you need the same skills, of course. You need to develop your skills. It's not just about the equipment. But um, with a video, I kind of, it kind of very similar because I was using cameras, you know, DSLR cameras that had good video on them, 1080p. But then they started coming out with these cinema cameras. So I've been using those pretty much, uh, which this will be on. And, um, and it's it, the programs that I edit, the same company that makes it, they, people are making movies with the same software, so it's fantastic. One thing we're saying, and you'll see this when you see the uh, podcast on um, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you watch the podcast, but that we could have done this via Zoom, but Bruce had the idea, it's kind of static and very dull to just have two people talking on Zoom. Sure. It's a lot more interesting. I think you'll see, um, when you get to see this podcast, We'll see a little bit of Bruce's magic because somehow he's going to put this whole thing together. Yeah, I figure we show you the room and then then maybe give you a little couple examples of what we did in the room when everything's wired up. You know, and that'd be great for So I really look forward to doing that. I'd like uh, thank you for being my guest on this special my pleasure. Thank podcast. You. Also, like thank my producer Cappy Tassetti. We'll see you all hopefully sometime in the near future. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Bye bye.